Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic book shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Drag is the new spandex. Welcome, everyone, to Drag is the new spandex. We're doing more episodes than Flame On. Look at that. <laughs> I'm your host, Oral. Hi, that's me. <laughs> I realize I realize how that works now. When you introduce yourself, you, you don't wait. You don't pause. It's you like it's, it's like when you host uh, when I'm hosting karaoke and I sing, and I always feel awkward going. Give it up for me. Exactly. Yep, that's that's the host's. It's the life of being a host. And um, if you didn't realize by now, I'm here with our illustrious producer and member of the cast, Pat. <laughs> What's going on? Hi. Uh, funny you should mention that. So hosting Barioki last night, I'm just like, all right, next up we have singing is, oh, that's me. <laughs> that's me. I'm on the scroller. That's me. I'm up next. All right. So we're here for our recap episode. It's episode four of um, the sequels. It's the halfway point. Thank God. I know. It's. I'm so drained. I'm so emotionally drained from this season. It. You know. It's like this season on paper and leading up to it, super exciting. But it's in all actuality, like the first episode, dynamite. Two, three. Mm, forgettable. Two was good. Two was snatch game. Yeah, two was snatch game. It didn't have the drama. It didn't have the drama because it was half of the episode was about a door. A door. And but that's it, what, you're but right, they also right. they they didn't have the shell shock of like this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so they didn't have that drama. It was a good episode, but three. If you listen to our last recap last Monday, um, or whenever you listen to it. You know that we didn't love the lip sync extravaganza. Nope. This episode, quality wise, was back on par cha- with the challenges. 
And I think that they gave him decent material. Mm-hmm. And I think overall it was good. But we still don't have that drama because now the girls have a quote-unquote game plan on how they're going to tackle this. And you know that's eventually going to break down. Yeah. You and, know it has to. And you know, I think the problem is is that they've stuck to it too long. Yeah. Had it been like an episode thing and then like the next, the very next episode, it all fell to pieces. Yeah. The, I think that would have been more interesting. But I can understand that, you know, you're all friends. You want to be fair about it. You you do it solely on talent. But here's the thing. We as viewers don't want that. Yeah. We want blood sport. We want backstabbing. That's what keeps Drag Race during the season really interesting. And it's funny because when you look at All-Stars, like uh, season All-Stars 1. Yeah. You know, yes, they kind of knew each other, but it still hadn't like popped like it had, uh, like Drag Race has since then. Exactly. I was going to say that. We we have such a more invested fan base now. So the kind of the way that it is now and with having them do it this way with them eliminating each other, mm-hmm. you have those people that are out there just waiting like, okay, when is that one bitch that I love going to turn around and be like, you know what? I love you guys, and it, but it's a competition. At the end of the day, we're not going to split this prize 10 ways. Yeah. You know, we're not each going to get $10,000 and then call it a day. And all 10 of our pictures will do a big, you know, Insta collage mm-hmm. to put in the frame in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. We didn't, we haven't gotten that yet. No. I think once it gets a little bit, it'll be, we may not get it. I think it'll be a lot more interesting in the, deliberations and the thought process once we get a little bit further in yeah um just because you're gonna run down you're gonna run out of people to eliminate and you know like oh shout out to world of wonder specifically rupaul because they won their first emmy ru won it yeah like that it wasn't even just it wasn't just like a show emmy for best lighting best vaseline on a camera lens it was for outstanding tv um like reality game show host so rupaul now has a has an emmy statue congratulations which which is well deserved and that you know harkens back to that appeal like drag race has become one of those crossover sensations you know whether you're you know gay straight you know what have you it's just it's it's all it's all there like everyone watches it and so you know, we need that sort of drama, and I feel like All Stars Two has been lacking because we got drama in All Stars. Yeah, like the first season, like we yeah. got it, and oh, there was a lot because, and I think at that point you didn't have as much touring, so you didn't no. have the sense of sisterhood that these queens have now because they're on the road so much together. You know, when they were doing teams, and Mimi and Pandora were on a team together. That drama on that first episode, you know, you had all of these things that just kind of that bred contempt in a way. And you don't have it this time around, which isn't horrible, but you need to step up what the challenges are going to be. You need to step these pieces up because you, you didn't have a ton of drama in Snatch Game's episode besides the door stuff. And that was all done before Snatch Game happened. But Snatch Game was funny. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the 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 runway and the deliberations and, you know, Tatiana going home. And you had a little bit of that suspense versus drama 
And it was a good episode. Yeah. You saw how a weak challenge can make an episode tank like last week because it was shit material. It was a shitty challenge and there was no drama. So at the end of the day, you're just kind of like, by the end of it, you're like, oh, oh, d- let me wake up now for my nap because mm-hmm. I just took a really good nap. Yeah. This episode's challenge is similar to last week's challenge, but, you know, they have to act and we're getting overacting and they're not trying to, like, lip sync because we see them lip sync all the time. So this one was, like, classic gay movies getting sequels, which they hashtag sequels. <laughs> At least this one will get them in trouble with the trans community. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, I would liken this challenge to the Ruko's Empire yes. challenge of season eight, mm-hmm. where last week's lip sync extravaganza, I would liken to the Glamazonian Airways challenge of season seven, yeah. which for the most part fell flat. The Ruko's Empire challenge, while it did have some weaker links, but you had more people in the in that. So mm-hmm. you had what six or seven people on each team. So you had more of an opportunity for weak links. This with only having uh, seven people in the lip sync extravaganza. Yeah, yeah. it was last week, mm-hmm. seven. Um, you had stronger competitors, but shitty material. Yeah, and it it it, it was so cluttered that you didn't, you, nothing really stands out, even though yes. they did a really great job. And so in, in this, uh, well, you know, let's back up a little bit. So... This episode starts off with Fifi really pissed at Alyssa because I thought we had an alliance. <laughs> and the alliance is you vote off who got the worst critiques. Yeah, so which, it doesn't become personal. Yeah, which makes great sense for the contestants, makes terrible TV as we've discussed. But at the same time, if you're in it to win it and you've got your eye on that $100,000 and the the title of, you know, or being in the Drag Race Hall of Fame, you're going to have to eventually not do that. Yeah. Because if you see somebody that you potentially think might be a stronger competitor, which honestly, in this case, I would have sent Katya home regardless because I think she poses more of a threat in the overall. Ginger has a lot of talent, but... I don't know is if she's been able to really showcase it on and, the show. And that's that's the thing. Like I've seen Ginger perform here because you know she's a local queen to Orlando. Mm-hmm. And then, like she's a powerhouse. Like sometimes it's scary to see who follows her because she's literally just slayed the game. Yeah. And you know what's so frustrating is that you know seeing someone so talented, so well-rounded, and then having them, and I just keep seeing that, that fried and chopped hair, mm-hmm. um, it just, it it's it's harsh because you only have so many chances to shine. Exactly. And even if you do a good job, if you didn't do a great job, you get, you get lost. You become, you know, safe in the middle. And that's the thing, to really win on drag rates, and not saying like, win the money and the ultimate prize, but to win on Drag Race and become like a Raven or a Jujubee or, you know, like a a Latrice, Latrice, you have got to show out each and every time. Yeah. And even if you, even if you falter, 
you have those moments of like picking yourself up by the bootstraps. Mm-hmm. And if you're just kind of in the middle through a lot of it, you don't have that op- that opportunity. And some of the best queens have all fallen into that bottom too and had that moment of girding their loins and just bucking up from the the falter and making something of themselves and showing, you know what? I may have been in the bottom two this week, but I'm safe. I'm still here. I lip things for my life. I'm still going to do it. And then the following week, they turn around and you know what? I'm going to show up. I'm going to show out. And this is what I've got. Exactly. There's very few queens that haven't done that. Like Alaska gained a huge fan base, mm-hmm. never being in the bottom two in her season. Yeah. But she had a lot of opportunity to go above and beyond. So we saw the acting chops, the comedy chops. We saw the progression from where she started at the beginning to the finale. You know, even though she didn't win, you saw that growth and you saw that piece of it where Ginger made it to the finale. But I don't think showed out the way that she could have in her season. Mm. And then she got to this and she did good in the first two challenges. And even in the, in the third third, challenge, it wasn't that she did a bad job, No, but I don't think it stepped up to that level of high, high, high expectations. And then the runway looks didn't, you know, brought her down a little bit mm. and it didn't, it didn't level out to where it needed to be. Yeah. But Fifi, yes, Fifi talks a lot about Alyssa switching the game up, flipping the script. Alyssa is very much, you know, no, I didn't. I looked at consistency. I looked at everything overall, which again, not necessarily what, you know, anybody agreed to, but at the same time, had it been anybody else, in there and they had gotten saved that, you know, they would have wanted the same thing. Look at what I've done. I've been in the top. I've done this. Agreed. You know, when you're, when you're trying to compete and you're up for elimination, you're going to, you're going to fight and you're going to want to talk to these people and be like, listen, I did. And Katya had resigned herself to going home in that episode. Mm-hmm. So they have a little bit of this thing and you know, it is what it is. They all, they all feel. And then Alyssa makes the comment of, you know, I know if you send me home next week, it's rigged. Rigor Morris. And I love the fact that they turn around and have de- and detox. Like, who's Morris? Because that was my favorite part. Because I sat there in the bar with my friend. And I'm like, what? It's Rigor Mortis. Yeah. So we roll right into the maxi challenge, which I realize what's missing in all stars is I, I like those mini challenges because it yeah. breaks it up. Yeah. We only had it in the first episode when they did the reading challenge. Yeah. And we're not having those moments to see them like formulate their ideas. Yeah. Like this seemed really rushed because they have to show, you know, us the, like the acting challenge and yep. uh, like that, you know, things like that always have to fall to the wayside. So what happened was we had the following, we had show squirrels, which is showgirls with Roxy and Fifi. Yes. Fifi being big Versace. Well, originally she was going to be little Versace uh-huh. and Roxy was going to be big Versace. And we'll get to that. Well, do you want to talk about each one individually or do you want to go Let's, through them all? We'll do them one at a time. Yeah. I like it. So um, it's showgirls w- with a splash of Grey Gardens. And a bit of Fifi's 
iconic breakdown from season four because as they're sitting yep. there reading through the scripts and going over their lines fifi starts reading her line saying you're you're just you're a tired old show a tired ass showgirl go back to obscurity where you belong and she's like wait a minute yeah that sounds and roxy's like i think i've heard that before which is it's it's funny yes it makes sense yeah. um it was for me one of the better like in acting. jokes yeah, <laughs> oh, in yeah. jokes yeah. And and that challenge was great because Fifi carried it, and Roxy Roxy floundered. Yeah, and, and that's and that was kind of I think part of the the reason why Fifi Fifi encouraged them to switch roles, mm-hmm. and that's why Fifi became big Versace, and Roxy took the role of little Versace as kind of like the the pageant queen. And yeah, I I agree. I think that I Fifi carried it. Fifi went balls out she was and she did really well and yeah and like the the thing about it is that you know the character that she's playing and and even though like we all love showgirls it's she didn't give us like explicitly know me yeah she gave us this over the top washed up living vicariously through my child like pageant mom yeah and and that's what really sold it so she took more. She took Nomi and any generic mom from toddlers and tiaras, and made a caricature caricature of both of them, and gave you that overacting, funny realness and good timing mm-hmm. because the whole Nomi joke at the end, you know, like I I think it all worked well and showcased her talent. Yeah, um, Roxy may look good. She looked. She looked great she, as this like overgrown taller and a tiara yes her look was flawless her she's n- acting she's was flawed she'll never win an award for acting and or pronunciation of words she should know like sash which was shaw shaw what's, what's a, a shaw? shaw you know that thing that ribbon that you wear around like your body oh, oh a, a sash, sash? Sash. <laughs> it was like she was just being it was like it was like Tarzan being taken out of the jungle mm-hmm. after being raised by apes and the creatures of the forest and being taught English for the first time. Sash. Yeah. Bitch, you know what you're doing. Stop trying to have another sequence moment. No, and that's the thing. It's it just if when when someone it when you're in an acting challenge and you're bantering off or even if you're bantering off someone like we are doing right now you have to build each other up and you have to feed off each other yeah and like no offense girl i always have to try to outshine you but you do the same and that's what makes our dynamic so like fun and interesting because at the end of the day no one really outshines the other because we elevate and it helps us to bring our best game. Exactly. So at the and end of the day, as long as you still believe that, that's <laughs> fine with me. Shut up! I know your your name's on the top of the marquee, <laughs> not mine. I get and it. And don't you forget it. <laughs> um, have you, as an, as a quick aside, have you ever heard of Forbidden Broadway? No. It's this fun little like off Broadway thing where they they do. Um, there's a theme to each of their shows, and they do like these parody songs uh-huh. to and about show like songs from other shows and one of the ones they do is um it's wickeder 
and it's like defying. I think I think at one point I think they've released it twice, and once was Wickeder, and once I think was Defying Chenoweth, and it's basically <laughs> Adina Menzel and uh, uh, Kristen Chenoweth kind of going back and forth. And at that big crescendo of uh, Elphaba's part of Defying Gravity, uh-huh. uh, she starts talking about, um, like, I'll be the star of Wicked after you've left the show. <laughs> like, it basically is yeah. kind of that whole thing where it's like, you know, so that just made me think of it. I'm, I'm we'll have, I'll have, to, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to play it for you. Okay, it's thank adorable. you. adorable. So, which leads us into Velma and Wheezy, which is Thelma and Louise. Yes. Which, which I thought it was going to be like a Florence and Wheezy Jefferson <laughs> Thelma and Louise, which would have been fucking funnier than like a, like a zombie Thelma and Louise. Yeah. And I thought that they had survived the car crash and just got hooked on meth. <laughs> you probably- but I didn't realize that it would, they were zombies. Like that totally pass me by if their arms didn't fall off and then and they didn't talk about eating brains probably could have been a meth skit yeah as well and i think i mean it was funnier for me now mind you i had worked a very long hosting gig had a couple made <laughs> dinner lying on the couch watching this i passed out right then and there it happens so i had to rewatch it and once i realized that they were zombies it it was less funny and i think maybe that's like personal preference but i I think had they played it more like real zombies Mm -hmm. instead of southern meth heads with decaying flesh on their face it would have probably been better like had it been weird speech or something like yeah. that that really kind of defined it. Maybe not that slow because then it would have been a 14-hour, mm-hmm. like, 30-second clip. But it, it didn't scream zombie. No. It screamed Especially southern Especially in, a, like, a cheap flop house of, a, like, a motel. Like, yeah. You, I, really, I like my idea better. Yeah. <laughs> RuPaul, World of Wonder, hire me. Velma and Wheezy. But it's literally Florence and Wheezy from the Jeffersons. I just fixed that bit right there. Are they on meth? They are still on meth. Oh, okay. Oh, no. You know what? They don't have to be on meth. It's just very 70s stylized. And they've killed George to try to collect the insurance money. But it goes awry and now they're living life on the lamb. Bam! There you go. There you go. Um, (laughs) The the funny part about uh, Detox and Katya was... Rue let them pick their teams mm. and they did the talking head like confessional thing with Katya and she's like I was looking like to my right I saw Roxy I looked to my left I saw Fifi and I'm like where's Detox? Exactly. Because <laughs> she, she she was like I need to be with who I think will not outshine me but compliment me. Mm-hmm. And they complimented each other. They did. But as, a, as a pair they worked well together. Yes. Which I think they were they were all right. Um, I think as a working pair together, they were the strongest. Mm-hmm. But when you only compliment each other, but there's no like breakout standout like moment, yeah. it's like it's like um like an old Bobville like duo act. If you're doing it in time, it's not really funny. But if you're doing it in time and then the like the slapsticky one, not the straight man, kind of bumbles it. Yeah. That's what makes it funny. Yeah. And then, you know, you knock him on the side of the head and you, you go. 
And so like it it was it was good. I won't knock it. It it just if that was a a weird one. It was mediocre. It yeah. It was very mediocre. It was very middle of the pack. It mm. it was all right. Um which leads us to what happened to baby JJ, which <laughs> we'll get to that with Alaska and Alyssa. Now, side note, shout out to a new podcast that I discovered. You must remember this. It's um a podcast that goes into the first century of Hollywood, going uh talking about Hollywood secrets or forgotten like memories. And if you if you are a fan of like TMC and you love like the Maltese Falcon and Casablanca, you must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. Like it is fantastic. And what's sad is that I forgot that it was the movie channel because I was like, TMZ? Oh, <laughs> TMC. Yeah. What's or cool? TCM, Turner Classic Movies. Turner Classic Movies, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. <laughs> but that's not a surprise to anyone. No, not at all. Um, But what's cool is that, you know, this podcast that I've been listening to gives me that old school Hollywood that has issues because, you know, anytime a black person shows up, you're a mammy or a gardener mm. or you're a butler and you're tap dancing with Shirley Temple. But what's cool about it is that you know, taking this like deep look at everyone's like personal lives and secrets. It's a mess. Joan Crawford, batshit crazy. And they end with Mommy Dearest, mm -hmm. which you know you have to. But seeing like her life and her career is really interesting. But they also talk about whatever happened to Baby Jane. And they do a really great way of not spoiling the movie for people who want to go see the movie. I got spoiled because I was literally this week. Probably tonight or tomorrow, going to watching whatever happened to Baby Jane from beginning to end. And I already know what happens at the end. But it's fine because I'm still going to watch it. 70 years later, you get spoiled. 70 years later. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. 70 years later. Spoiler alert. But, you know, when you look at this challenge, so yeah, you must remember this. Totally watch it. It's really gay. It's <laughs> old school gay. Nice. Um, you have Alaska and Alyssa. Now, Alaska literally robbed the show, snatched everything that wasn't nailed down, and absconded to Tahiti, where she retired with all of her spoils. She did this amazing JJ, you know, because she's supposed to be Baby Jane. Mm -hmm. And she, like, her makeup is on point because it's in black and white. Um, she's doing these overdrawn, like Betty Davis, like eyebrows and, and she's really selling it. She's selling it. She's embodying Betty Davis. She's embodying this character, like her hair's on point, like her, her facial tics and movements spot on. Like she does like out of all of the performances, Fifi came in second for me, yeah. but Alaska just really just took the cake. Yeah, no, I I was quite impressed with Alaska's work in that. And I think at this point in time, you're almost damned if you do to be in an acting challenge or a comedy challenge with Alaska. And Alyssa, I don't know if it was in if it was her original intent was, oh, let me partner up with Alaska. Whether that was so that way she she thought maybe, well, if she really rocks it out 
and I'm not as good, it will still save me. Yeah. It'll still elevate our team. And she didn't do a she didn't do a bad job. I will say this. None of them did a bad job. Mm-hmm. Really. But Alyssa in comparison, and especially then they show you the behind the scenes where they're recording these these you know little movies with Michelle Visage and Todrick Hall, and you see all the stumbles and the enunciation. And I found it really hard that Alyssa could not learn how to say do da for like ten minutes. Like, how do you not? How do you when they tell you it's do da? How do you consistently go back and go do ah do ah? Yeah. Like I need you to start enunciating properly. I need you to start paying attention if that's really the case. Agreed. But it wasn't horrible. But Alaska was such a powerhouse that it didn't really matter unless Alyssa fucking burned down the the set to try to take the attention away. It was all about Alaska. But and and it's it's this iconic scene. You know, with the, you know, here's your din-din, and you grab the, I've seen these bits, you grab the, like, the tray and the cover, and you pull it up, and it's pork chop, because she's made pork chops. Which this, was cute. Which I did, we cute. didn't really talk about the Big Frito appearance. Oh, I Big think Frito was a, she, she was in the She was in the show squirrels one. Yes, I like cornbread and collard greens. And she appears in this one, but the pork chop cameo, I think was the highlight of of the uh the cameos Agreed. for this episode. But see, here's here's where I'm going to and I I hate to bash Alyssa because I gave her her props. I gave her her props last week. Mhm. But here's here's the ultimate, here's the gag. Here's the here's the gag of it. So, in this acting challenge where it's whatever happened to baby Jane, where Alaska is Betty Davis, which means that Alyssa is Joan Crawford. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who Alyssa portrayed in Snatch Game. But she didn't give us Joan, Joan Crawford. Crawford. She nope. gave us Alyssa quoting Mommy Dearest. Yes. But her Joan wasn't bad because she was giving us over the top. She was hitting all of those like gay cultural touchstones. But it goes to show you how limited Alyssa can be when she's out of her element. Because you already had the the elements to Joan Crawford. You had to think about it because you knew you were gonna go, you were gonna do her going in for Snatch Game. Yeah. So why so why was your bland who's bland? Why was it so bad? Why was, why your... was it so bad, Alyssa? Why was it so bad? Why was your bland so bland? Oh, yeah. And it just like it just what girl really? Yeah. Really, like you're supposed to. You're not. You're you're an invalid, quote unquote. You've lost the use of your legs, but you like that. That role is so pervasive. It's so. Like she's so, um, she seems helpless and coying, but that coying is driving the other. It has drove the other one insane. Yeah, and and she didn't give you any of that. No, she just gave you this like porcelain doll 
that's lying on the ground and wasn't like, give me something, bitch. I know Alaska must have been saying, girl, give me something. (laughs) I need you to work with me here. Work. Work with me. So we get the runway. Yes. And the runway is inspired by Violet Chachki's, um, like... Tartan 2-in-1 yes. from the runway challenge, the first challenge of season 7, mm-hmm. which was the most gag-worthy moment of that episode. Yes. Which made us think, we got a great season here, and then they failed us miserably. Sorry, season 7 queens. Yeah, but... Because I love Kasia and Trixie and we're friends with Ginger and, you know. And Ginger, yeah. But great, like, best queens, terrible season. Yes. Yes. So here's here's the thing. Fifi. Wait, before we do that, one of the things that has been talked about is how amazing RuPaul looked. Like, And Ru comes out looking good at the beginning of the, the runway bit. But damn, like, Matthew Anderson, turn that up. Like, it's almost like he knew. A year from now, when this episode airs, it'll be right after RuPaul wins an Emmy. Uh-huh. And we need her to look flawless. She looked amazing. That was yeah, she... It's probably in my top five favorite looks for RuPaul. Um, just out of this world, very form-fitting. Like the hair, which is like not her usual style. For her her blonde iconic mop, but just just it looked statuesque. Yeah, it looked um, old school, but it also looked Blade Runner, and it was this like zebra print with this like sort of fish scale like um, like kind of skirt to it. It was just it was amazing. It worked. She it looked worked. immaculate. It was fantastic. So yeah, so then we we get to the. I, I'm sorry, I wanted to make sure because no, I know that right. even um, I think Ron had posted on our uh, on the Flame on Facebook page commenting about how amazing RuPaul looked and right I after the episode. Didn't look at that because I wanted to be surprised. Yes, yes, and I was. So Fifi comes out in almost like Prince Charming esque kind of. I got Prince Charming with the little mm-hmm. crown, mm-hmm. with the blue. It felt very Snow White's Prince Charming. Yes, yeah. And or the, or Philip. She gave me a little Philip. I'm really bad with sleeping with those. Oh, okay. that okay. So that's who I'm thinking. I'm sorry. That's exactly who I'm thinking. So it was more sleep uh, Prince Philip mm-hmm. with the the that baby blue kind yes. of jacket feel. That's what I felt. And then, which had she done it in that like dark beast blue, like that Royal Navy blue, like that he has on his big beast coat? Yeah, I would have liked it. I think it would have worked a little better. It would have paired better because then she she takes the crown off, twirls, undoes the top, and it unfurls into this gorgeous little yellow dress. Yeah, which gave me which gave me Belle. Yeah, it gave me Belle, and also I think my favorite piece. Even though, like, the before and after, I love. And I don't agree with Carson, who's just like, individually, meh. I'm like, no. Individually, that's really cool. Yes. Like, if they had to do, like, Drag King for a second. Like, if they had to do... Remember where, like, sometimes the, you have to do two... The half and half. The uh, half and half. Yeah, the two and one look from yeah. season seven. Would have been great. Or, not, yeah, the, the, the boy-girl look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Victor Victoria. Yes. Um, Would have been great. 
independently, I still think rocked it. But I love the earrings. The big cover. Yes. Yeah. I love Fifi's earrings. Like, I think that to me, the, the crown sold the, the prince look, but the earrings sold the bell look. Yes. And I just, I thought from beginning to end, well executed, A+. plus. Yeah. Because it was two separate looks, two separate outfits in a sense that converted properly. That it wasn't just I've got this one piece and it just it velcros to the to the top of my dress and I pull it down and now I've got pantaloons. Yeah. Like flamenco Roxy. Her red and black flamenco look. It was pretty. It was pretty. I will not deny the fact that she looked fantastic, but when you come out in one look and then you just kind of unhitch these things from like velcro them, unvelcro them, and now it makes this almost train-esque appearance because there were pants. Yeah. There wasn't a dress. And then, like, I, I don't think there was a lot of ingenuity. No. It it had a very, like, vibrant reveal. But once the reveal was done, there wasn't much to it. Yeah, there was no wow factor. And for somebody like Roxy, who every time we've done one of these recaps, you've talked about if you're going to be in a tarot, in a competition with Roxy and you do a tarot way, you need to up your game. And I yeah. feel like Roxy did not up her game. Exactly. Especially coming out after Fifi. It's because what's funny is when Katya came out, her dress in the beginning, very mod. Yes. Yes. Um, Which makes sense because when she went formal, it was that long sort of elegant... Uh, Valley of the Dolls sort yes. of, of feel. And she had the big bangs during the, the mod, so it felt very 70s. Uh-huh. It looked, the entire look, top to bottom, worked when she first came out, and then she dropped it into that long, red, velveteen, almost yes. like crushed velvet-looking long dress. Agreed. And then she did, and that's the thing. She gave us not one, like, two-in-one reveal. She gave us a two-in-one reveal... And a tearaway bang. <laughs> Which, and the funny part was, and I didn't realize this the first time I watched it, it wasn't until the second time, that when she came out in her like mod look with the short dress and everything, mm-hmm. basically stone-faced, very stoic, didn't open her mouth yeah. because once she pulled down the dress and then pulled away her tearaway bang with the pentagram, the pentagram. Yeah. and then she opened up into the smile and it was all the blacked out teeth with a little bit of blood in there. And it was like that's awesome yeah there was a wow factor it was like it may not have been the most dramatic look no but it was wow like it stopped you oh 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 there's there's one there's two there's three exactly and you're done exactly which is why for me katya was safe in my mind yes in my mind because you know what you took an idea and you ran with it and it's completion yes and as soon as she ripped away the bang, I'm like, that's Sharon Tate. And I'm just like, yep, Sharon Tate. So then we move on to Detox, giving us, as you penned it, what? Oil slick geisha. Because it, and I don't mean the oil slick part as a negative. I like the color. It yeah. read very well, and it worked for the outfit. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't think of any other way to describe it other than that sheen. Like when you have 
when there's that like little spot that got some grease in it when you wash in your car and you get that swirl of pink and green yeah. that film on top where the light reflects mm-hmm. or refracts through it and gives you those colors that's what i felt like that dress was yeah and you know what like it, i liked it in the beginning but the reveal wasn't a reveal. You literally just ripped the skirt away and you're in just this bikini sort of. No, she pulled down the skirt. Oh, that's right. Because the skirt was up. Like you're it was right, a part of right. like the top piece. But it was like Roxy where mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it was very – there was not a lot of ingenuity to no. that. And then she pulled it off and it became more of a geisha bathing suit. She looked good, but for a challenge like this, I I was a little surprised because she does some amazing things. Yeah. She pulls out some sick ass looks, and it just it felt like it's like when you're on a cake decorating show and you have to do an engineering cake, mm-hmm. which means you have to make something move. Yeah, and you put or like you know it has to have like some some sort of like crazy things on it, and you put a sparkler. And you're like, look, I've got pyrotechnics. And you're like, mm, or do you? Another Food Network example. It's like when you're on Chopped and you're like, I have this and that. And I got to incorporate. There's a random ingredient. I know what I'm going to do. And you're like, don't do it. Don't do it. Bitch, don't try it. I'm going to put this in the ice cream machine. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> Where, you know, like literally everything up until this point has made sense. Yep. And then you do it and it works. It's just not good. Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I agree. It it just, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work for me as well. And then we go into Alyssa. Uh, it was another one of those... I'm going to pin up the material to the top of my dress. And there was nothing to it. It was just black. It was just black. And even though I like that the fringe of the dress, like the bottom of it was, and I'll get to that, was film because it looked like film because what it is, is you have this like this puff that you're walking. It's very avant-garde. You pull it out. It drops as to like a full length, like floor length Mm -hmm. gown. And it's got cameras all over it. And then, you know, you press a button and then uh, the flashes start to go off and she's her own paparazzi. And like the idea worked. I thought it was super cute. It's a cool premise. The second look. I didn't think it worked as a two-in-one, as a conversion. I love, as a photographer, I loved, and I'm like, those are some damn prop cameras because there's Mm -hmm. no way that shit... Because we have one of my cameras, and we're working on possibly having some video stuff in the future for the yeah. podcast. But my camera's right here with the damn lens on it. That shit's heavy. Mm-hmm. To have all those and have earrings. Yep. Like, that was some damn oh, shells. I like I knew. Mm. Like, especially because when the dress kind of fell and she instantly wasn't toppled off of her center of gravity... Um, and they kind of bounced down and then bounced up a little bit. I'm like, mm, I know that, girl. You ain't fooling nobody. Impressive, like, ideal. But in actuality, did it wow me? I was, I was surprised. I was intrigued. But that's as far as it went. Yeah. 
I, I absolutely agree with you on mm-hmm. that. Uh, which then leads us to our our sixth and final runway. And I have I have opinions on this, which will probably not garner me a lot of support out there. Okay. But I will explain. I will explain it. Mm-hmm. Alaska comes out and is almost basically a cocoon. She cocooned, yes. Which I didn't like. I didn't agree with necessarily. Because I'm looking for two solid looks that convert. But the reveal when she opened up that cocoon and spun around, she was Lil Pound Cake. Lil Pound Cake, which amazing. Because we go from this Betty Davis sort of severe makeup to even more severe makeup. Um, and it works so well. Like, I think for a reveal, if you're going to, if, and see, that's the thing. Your, both of your reveals don't have to be good. Yeah. Um, but you realize the first one can be so, so, but the, the final one, you have to sell it. And that's what Alaska realized. Exactly. And I'm, I will say this. I say, I say that I didn't, I, I didn't love it because of the first look when she turned around and was little pound cake. I, I queen the fuck out. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com the bar i was like yes i'm clapping like it wasn't a huge crowd of us that night but we all went crazy and that's the wow factor Mm -hmm. that's what you need that that the same way with violet tchotchke when she turned that black that black one piece thing into a tartan dream Mm -hmm. and we were all like yes it was the same thing and it 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 worked it 100 worked for her Mm -hmm. which means that Obviously, because these people did so well, here were our top twos. Well, my top twos were exactly the top twos. Who were your top twos? I would probably say that I was 100% in agreement that okay. Alaska and Phoebe, for both their acting mm-hmm. and their runway. Yeah. They, I think they were the top 
for both of those reasons. Mm -hmm. And um, then you had the bottom three because we thought they were only going to do two. Yeah, I was very surprised about that. Yeah, which threw me for a loop. But the bottom three were Katya, which I... I don't agree agree with. with. No. No. If... And this is not to say I don't like detox because I do. Um, but detox was safe. And the bottom three were Katya, um, Roxy, Roxy and, Alyssa. and Alyssa. Yeah. Which Alyssa I agree with. Yes. Roxy I agree with. Yes. Katya I do not. No. I, th- I and I I feel like they did a bottom three again after last week, only doing a bottom two. Because they wanted to put Katya there. Because I think if it was just the bottom two, it would have been Roxy and Alyssa. And I think you would have known off the bat that it would have been Alyssa going home. I think when they plotted out this portion of the episode, because, you know, there's a storyboard. Yeah. They were they were like, if we put Katya in there, because she did get read for, she did get critiques for her acting. Yeah, Michelle was like, oh, when we started, you were very much in your head. So there were there were negative critiques there. They wanted you to have that feeling of, oh, maybe they will send her home because she should have gone home according to their their work about the week before. So I think it was more just for a drama effect. But they had they they were sent back to the workroom for deliberations. And Alaska did her one-on-ones with Mm. the girls. And Alyssa tried to plead her case and talk about how she should still be there. And that she was, you know, the other two girls have been in the bottom before. And, you know, she thought that she maybe got some leeway in there. Yeah. And Fifi decided she was not going to do one-on-ones. Which is her prerogative. Yeah, it's her prerogative. You know. And, you know, um, Detox took issue with it. But I don't, you know, like, one-on-ones are trite and they're bullshit and they don't really mean anything. Oh, of course not. Because you're going to make your whatever decision you're going to make. It's for, it's quote-unquote good TV. Yeah, but and it's, that's what it's it is. not. Because, you know, what, it, what one-on-ones make me miss is um, untucked. Yes. Because... Untucked, even though like this past year it's gone straight to YouTube, mm-hmm. it still works. Like I still, you know, after I watch an episode, I go straight to Untucked. It works. And this is like uh like a stripped down, deconstructed Untucked, and it's not working for me. It's like they tried to combine the two different versions of Untucked. Uh-huh. The stripped down, gritty behind the scenes, season seven, season eight untucked yes. from YouTube. But with the manufactured drama of seasons two through six. Yep. Where they're like, we're going to put them all together and we're going to make them hash it out with each other to see who's going to go home. But we want it to feel informal and like they're just talking amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it works well. It doesn't. I I, I just don't think it, it, it doesn't resonate the same way. Yeah. Um, so then you get the obvious, you know, bring back my girls. There's the, the big makeup kit with the three lipsticks in it. And we mm. cut the commercial and come back for lip sync for your legacy to got to be real. Yeah. Which is one of my all time favorite songs. 
It's a fantastic song. It's an upbeat mm-hmm. um, and better song than some of the past choices that we've had this yeah. season. It's also the song that's really prominent in Paris is Burning because it always goes back to Paris is Burning. Of course. Which is great because it should always go back to Paris is Burning. Yes. Do you want me to say who I am and all of that? My name is Peppa LaBeja of the House of LaBeja. I'm the mother of the house. I mean, you know, rating. Um, and all that. But we have Fifi who switches to this um, very, like, cat suit so I can dance yes. and move, yes. which I think was a mistake. It, I mean, she couldn't really... I can understand... I, see, you know what? Sometimes I want a queen... When she's lip syncing to realize, fuck it, I need to step it up. And you hitch that bitch up and you start to step and kick and turn. She doesn't do that. She switches to the cat suit, which I completely understand because that that dress that she was in was very restrictive. And it didn't work for the song. It didn't. And that And that's what I think some people don't realize is that it's not the bottom two that have to prove something. These are the top queens, so they're going all out in this look, and you're not necessarily thinking, let me, like, how am I going to lip sync in this? Mm -hmm. That bell dress doesn't work for Got to Be Real. It doesn't. That cat suit worked for that. Yeah. For that. And we'll go into this a little bit later. Um, But she's not the only one that changed. No, no. Katya mm-hmm. changed into her uh, pokey stop with the lore yep. look. That was my favorite thing that came out of that episode was the side by side comparison of Katya coming out with all that the that blue the and follies, pink yeah. and and then the pokey stop with the lore and all of that around it was fantastic. Um, but I think even I think Alaska even changed her dress. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same dress that she transformed into little pound cake in. No. It was similar. Mm-hmm. So she still kept that look. But then she also had work boots on. Like yep. She had them big ass black you know, work boots. And Fifi's got this skin tight cat suit with these heels on. Which it's amazed me how much this season... One, we've seen these costume changes because it never really has happened before. Mm-hmm. We've never really seen them come out in a different yeah. outfit. Once in a blue moon, maybe. But it's not a, a normal thing. But we've seen that a lot this year. And the kitten heels, the flats. <laughs> They're like, whatever, I make money. <laughs> it's seriously, I'm like I don't need it that bad. <laughs> I, I I get it, but it just it's amazing. Like Katya did her her thing. In the uh, in that swimmer, the, the yeah. swimmer look in flats. Um, it was Alaska that she competed against. Yes, because that was the latex look. Mm-hmm. Um, Alaska's heel was maybe half an inch, three quarters of an inch. Like, and I, I give respect for the queens, and you do it in heels, and it hurts like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But it just it amazes me that like we've seen flats and boots and kitten heels. Versus not saying they need to go out in six inch stilettos, but give me something. Give me something. Agreed. Um, But here's, here's the thing. Like you said, I, I understand why Fifi changed. 
because, you know, that's, you know, for the lip sync, for God to be real, you don't want to do it in that. I understand that. However, when your makeup and your dress fit a song like they did for Alaska, great. Because Lil Pound Cake didn't start off singing the lead vocals. She sang the backups, which is really funny because, you know, you know, got to be real. And if you haven't heard the song, re- listen to it. If you haven't heard it in a while, refamiliarize yourself with it. But like her facial expressions and her tics, like she did for, you know, baby JJ, really just severe, really funny and smart. She didn't have to do death drops. She didn't have to do high kicks. She literally just, she hammed it up, but she hammed it up in a very structured way yeah. and didn't break character. Well, and that's the thing. I think that she could have done any song with those facial expressions. She worked a character. Mm-hmm. She didn't work the song. Yeah, agree. But it worked. It was funny. It was entertaining. And at the end of the day, that's going to get you noticed more than a... Picture perfect lip sync, and I'm not saying that Alaska didn't have a, a spot on lip sync. Yeah, you almost weren't even paying attention to that, so it still could have been spot on. But she caught your attention for her character, agreed, versus the lip sync itself, and that gave her the win and ten thousand dollars and the power to give somebody a sex change operation. Apparently. Every time RuPaul says who's getting the chop, I'm thinking that one of them is is uh, transitioning. Lord have mercy. <laughs> We're going to get direct all of your hate mail to pat at flameonshow.com. It's funny. It's a, I either think of that or I think that um, Ted Allen's going to pop out with a cloche. See, I, I already <laughs> think it's, yeah, I think it's Ted Allen. I always think yeah, it's, right. or you're about to get chopped. <laughs> Um, See one of them walk out and there's a a, a cleaver stuck mm-hmm. in the, the doorway. <laughs> so ultimately they they do the, you know, bare bones, untuck, blah, 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 blah. And then big surprise. And I love how they cut to Michelle Visage where she was just super stunned by, you know, the decision, but they sent Alyssa home. Well, I think she was a little stunned because of the setup, because you had Roxy in the bottom three. And when uh, Alaska was talking about making this decision, it was very much about this is somebody I, I think of as my sister and all. This. And I know they were on the scene on the season together. And the 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 reports have been that um, Alaska and Alyssa were extremely close during the filming of, mm-hmm. of this season. So I get it from that perspective, but you don't know these things necessarily as your Joe Schmo viewer at home. Yeah. You know Relaska talks, you know these like these connections from the season. So you're thinking, oh shit, she's gonna send Roxy home. And then she pulls it out of, you know, the lipstick out of her her underarm, you know, dress piece and is like, you know, I'm sending home Alyssa Edwards. And I was like, oh, oh, all right. And then starts odd sobbing. Odd. A tea. A tea. Like, I'm like, are you Nipsey Russell playing the Tin Man? A tea. A tea. It was, it was so weird. And I mean, whether or not it was played up for the cameras, whether or not it was real, it, it is what it is. It was just awkward. Mm-hmm. 
So they send Alyssa packing. She does her her sign-off from her YouTube series, Always and Forever, mm-hmm. Alyssa Edwards. And then I felt like her mouth was dry and she needed to take a second to there moisten it mm-hmm. and then did her tongue pop. You know, like she, you know, she left gracefully up the runway. She had a, you know, a really good joke. She, you know, does that thing. It's like, oh, Alyssa, it ain't over, girl. And then, you know, we hear RuPaul in the background. Because they cut away. Mm-hmm. Where normally we get this whole, where there's more of the lipstick message and there's the talking to the camera yeah. and giving your goodbye speech. And we only got a little bit of it. I, and it cuts away to you hearing over, like, the PAs, RuPaul doing the closing of the show mm. kind of speech that they show on the runway that was the point where i was like oh 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 it's happening uh-huh and we're four episodes in of an eight episode season yeah so you know that there isn't much time left mm-hmm. so you knew it had to happen but it was but we then get transported into the what feels like the beginning of next week's episode yep the queens come in and it's you know Alyssa was just eliminated literally she was just eliminated mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, they start talking, and Fifi kind of goes in about Alyssa's critique because uh, – oh, no. Well, I'm, I'm, I skipped the part where she also says that she would have eliminated uh, Alyssa as well. Yeah. She pulls out the lipstick. And Michelle Visage on the runway had said – because Carson praised Alyssa's look – and her comedy without like, but saying like certain things don't matter because she can just make those big googly eyes and just move her mouth around and and it's funny. And Michelle was like, no, those little things have to matter. They have to, and she's right. That's the thing. Michelle is right. The little things have to matter because you can't just, you know what? It's like it's like this gonna get real. It's gonna get real for a second. So I think look wise, looks wise, I'm a solid seven. Like, you know, looks-wise, I'm a solid seven. But I think personality-wise, I'm a nine and a half. Because, like, my personality, you know, like, how fun I am really, like, sells it. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's fine. I don't think I'm ugly. I don't have body issues. It's just, you know, whatever. But I don't think that I can just get away with, you know, eating nothing but, you know, sour cream and ricotta all day and think that I'm going to bag a nine and a half and a 10. No, sometimes I'm not saying, wait, I'm not fat shaming anybody. Cause you know, girl, you know, I put on a, I put on a winter coat. If you get my drift, like the little things have to matter. Like I always want a haircut. I want, you know, my breath to be fresh and minty. And after I've been drinking for a while, specifically wine, I want to make sure that if I do meet a gentleman, I have brushed my teeth and my tongue. So it doesn't look like this. We've been drinking wine, so I just stuck my tongue out at Pat. But, girl, so, can I just say, you might want to take that winter coat off in the middle of summer. I know. It was a bad decision. <laughs> what, Bitch, what I, I, keep, I keep mine on all year round. I it's just, all right. <laughs> so, um, the little things do matter. Alyssa was, for me, the weakest person yes. this week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Fifi has a point. And for the most part, what we saw, everyone was nodding in agreement that yes. you don't just get to skate by. Exactly. You have to give it your all all the time. And if you misstep, that's on you. 
but your missteps as severe as and they weren't and that's the thing about Alyssa they weren't severe no in this in this week's episode it was just enough to get you eliminated well that's in a season with such talented people in an all-star season where all of these girls are very highly regarded queens you have to be that good and if you stumble it can send you home and she stumbled Mm -hmm. she didn't put that hundred thousand dollar performance out there Mm -hmm. she put a ten thousand dollar performance out there and it cost her this competition except that while they're having this conversation the mirror lights up from behind because it's a two-way mirror And we all, if, if you listen to our, our first ever interview with Ginger Minge back before season seven started, you knew that because you knew that the cameras were behind there yeah. because she talked about when, because uh, you could see the blue light for whichever camera was filming at the time. Mm-hmm. So she knew that if the blue light wasn't on her, say something shisty or shady yeah. and it automatically turns on and starts recording you. So we knew these mirrors a two way, which is awesome. But you have almost like the ghost of Christmas past present future and past perfect yes <laughs> i don't figure out i was like what there we go we'll have a fourth one and it's Alyssa in her camera dress mm-hmm. and you've got coco yep you've first got one to go you got miley cyrus oh what? wait tatiana who <laughs> i'm just like who is that <laughs> like which one was that again and you were like girl that's tatiana i'm like oh it's tati yeah yes um ginger and Alyssa Edwards all just kind of giving them the evil eye, reminiscent of after the second mm-hmm. opening mm-hmm. episode of season six, mm-hmm. where you had the two factions, where we've gone from seven and seven to six and six, and then you got like um, Adore and Lakanja and Gia, and them all sitting there like filing their nails, like being all, we're 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 bitchy, we're we're we were here first, we're gonna take you out. Like that kind of look, they were just giving them all of that. And as you know, Katya's talking head moment of face crack of the millennium. And it was, and it sets us up for what next week? I don't know. Just oh, Rabonge. I'm sorry. Rabonge. Rabonge. I'm I was like, I don't know what's next. No. Oh, Rabonge. Rabonge. Um, <laughs> Which you've gotten me saying it now when, when that whole thing happened. That's way to say it. Like you say it, like John McGovern started me on it, and now I can't say it any time. You're Courtney Love saying revenge, which just sounds like revenge, revenge. Um, so I'm excited about next week, but apparently all this shit has gone down behind the scenes. Girl, what's happening? All right. So for those of you who don't get into all the personal lives... And all the craziness that happens in real life, you can stop listening now. Although, quite honestly, I don't know why you would have been listening an hour into this <laughs> if you don't care about this as much as we apparently do. And we're having just as long of a of a recap as the episode itself. Uh, but it's fun. But Come it's on, fun. you you all enjoy it. Joel Bradshaw commented on on Twitter was like, "I need more. I need more now." Also, like us, share us, yes. like tell your friends, please, please, every little bit help. Exactly, and I know a lot of you guys follow other like queens or other um, 
like drag queen outlets, whether it's online media or whatnot, share us with them. Because as you've heard in the past, we we do cross promote. We did a our dual podcast with uh, Drag Dungeon. Drag Dungeon. Yeah. So it's share us out there. Mm-hmm. So here we go. So let's talk about real life. We are going to start with the lesser of the two craziness crazinesses out there, and that would be the apparent huge beef between Coco Montrese and Roxy Andrews, <laughs> which we saw the elimination on the first episode, and Roxy said, you know, this may cost me a friend, but she had to follow her conscience, and they had all agreed that the person with the, the harshest critiques would be sent home. Mm-hmm. So really, at the end of the day, no one thought it was a ludicrous idea that Coco Montrese went home. No. So, apparently, Coco tweeted on the 4th of September. So, this is uh, a little over a week. Mm-hmm. A week and a couple of days after. So, now we've had two episodes of, of All Stars at yeah. that point. Um, Coco tweeted out, Some people sell out family and friends for fame and little fortune, in parentheses 10K. Knowing who these people are helps you evaluate intentions accurately. Thanks, Rue. To which someone else responded, at Coco Montrese, don't be shady, be a lady. This isn't RuPaul's best friend race. Still heart you and at Roxy Andrews. Mm-hmm. So then Coco responded with, to, and because you replied to the people that are tagged in it, she replied saying, like I said, hope that works out for her. Reap what you sow. Hashtag alliances, hashtag nothing to prove, hashtag not my issue. And this was screen grabbed and put up by Roxy. Uh, with the the comment, nothing to prove, but this was her post that started that started it. You do the math. Everything was fine before at Coco Montrese. The funny part is that it has not stopped. It it just keeps on back and forth between these two. There are a whole list of tweets. I'm gonna read you a couple of these because I think okay. they're they're fun. Um, this is all Roxy Andrews. I didn't go to Coco's page. Mm-hmm. I because you know it's just it's funny watching half the story unfold in front of your eyes um so it started on september 14th so this is 10 days after the coco tweet out these girls keep mentioning my name yet the people they are saying it to are telling me and laughing about her trying it hashtag told y'all and then she puts out this tweet of just nothing but hashtags told you told you all i would lose a friend for itself we both choose you it's been a year uh see you at the reunion i have nothing to say get over it which i'm like bitch you just did it like five of the hashtags and then you hashtag I have nothing to say. Apparently you got something to say. But anyway, I'm going to read this one in the right order. So China black on Twitter responded to the hashtag tweet that said, baby really didn't lose much. Honestly, why was she there in the first place? She had nothing to offer to which Coco responded with, you got so much to say online, run up on me and say it. Hashtag bus stop bandit. (laughs) Yeah, and then Roxy posted a picture of the two of them. She goes, I guess this was a hate post then before she decided to go to Chicago and read, pull up the videos. And it's a picture of Roxy and Coco together because they've known each other forever. Yeah. And the last tweet um, in this whole thing, which I'll, I'll say because it, it made me kind of giggle, was the sad part is I'll actually accept her apology when she's ready. Not for the bus stop joke, though. Too far. I'm like, it's all fun and games in a reading challenge. Yeah. But when you try to bring it into real life and use it, mm, no, ma'am. Mm, that's no, brutal. ma'am. So, yeah. So, 
Roxy and Coco are having quite a bit of uh issue and it's a year later. Like it's not like this just happened. These which, things don't happen in real that time. This has been festering an entire year. Yeah. Oh it yeah. It is crystallized in venom and hate. It is it is every this is what I want in the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> she came back from a night of hooking and then was stabbed and then crystallized and was reborn as a glamazon. Yep. The other big thing. This is like this is big in the world of drag race. Fifi O'Hara and the producers of RuPaul's Drag Race are in a ginormous battle back and forth. Why? Fifi is hashtag over it officially, just not happy. Basically, turn around saying that they used her for this, that they set her up, telling her that she would get redemption, that she would um, basically be able to rehabilitate her image mm. after the way that she portrayed herself on season four. And we're not getting any of that. The way they're cutting or the way that they're they're showing it. And in some cases, I don't necessarily think it's the way that they're showing it. I think they're showing pieces of it. And the audience has taken it as, oh, she's just being Fifi and just doing the same shit over again. I, I can see that because there is some, like, to me, I see the redemptive quality of Fifi because, like, I'm rooting for her this season. But what I see the editing doing is like, it's like there's a dead queen on the floor with like a scissor like hole in her back and nobody sees who actually was holding the scissors. But if you look, not really closely, but if you just look over at Fifi's workstation, there's just nothing but scissors. There's a, like a whole scissors, like cutler, like like knife block. And then there's like one missing, <laughs> and then it's that, that, slowly that, dripping <laughs> over by the mannequin bust that holds her wigs. Like, and that's the thing. So I can understand that, but like she's mad and she's talking about it. So that means she's pissed. Yeah, and that's there's been a lot of a lot of things that have come out. She was um, hosting at Roscoe's in Chicago, mm-hmm. not this past week. The week before. So the lip sync extravaganza episode. And it was her and I believe Tatiana. And she went off. And it was basically like she she had before she said anything, she said, I know y'all are gonna be on Reddit, so pull out the cameras and get this right. Like get my words right. And started to just go on about the fact that they, they she only had a week to put together all of her looks for all the challenges. I guess by the time they contacted her, they were like, we film in a week or whatever the case was. And she started really kind of going in on the producers Mm -hmm. and had mentioned one by name, which apparently Willem has also called out for being very manipulative and very much about playing the Queens for the Mm storyline. Um, so I'm going to read you some of the tweets, just some, because 
And, and a lot of these um, are coming from people and then she's responding to, you know, you get things like, I sincerely dislike FPV O'Hara. She's such a cunt, rotten, tired ass showgirl. Seriously, don't come to Cali. Which she responded, and you are an outstanding citizen of society with this tweet. Speaking of cunt and rotten, um, you get stuff like, you did it to yourself, dumb bitch. To which Fifi's responding with, no, I didn't. The fact that the show creates monsters and trolls like you at the expense of our lives is wrong and fucked up. And then there are some supportive ones that she then retweets to kind of put uh, an emphasis out there. You know, Fifi O'Hara, you should have won the lip sync. So she was fine. Let's be honest. I was never going to win anything. A redemption, a win, a crown. They turn people on me. Hashtag family. Remember when I said we were going to come back to this in a little mm-hmm. bit? There was a tweet. Any queen that changes clothes pre-lip sync, in a parentheses, at Fifi O'Hara, is weak, weak tea. To which Fifi responded with, LMFAO. So, Katya, Alyssa, Alaska, and myself? Ha. Huh. And it's true. Like, it's true. You know, if you're going to try to call somebody out, really look at what you're saying and make sure that you're on point because it's just going to be turned right back on you. And and it's just, it's ridiculous. Two more things that I really wanted to point out for this whole thing. I'm going to give you this one. I've decided that I'm not attending the RuPaul's drag race reunion. I don't feel the show producers or hosts have the best intentions for me. Then another tweet, my decision is set in stone. I would not be coming with anything but hurt and pain in my heart and know that it would not be shown correctly. And the third of the three uh, tweets in a row, sometimes true actions speak louder than words. Can't manipulate me if I am not there. I'm protecting my heart and mental state when they didn't. Which then led into an Instagram post. And it's a little long, but I think this encapsulates a lot. And this is on Fifi O'Hara's, and it's a picture of her from the the lip sync and the cat suit and all that. And she wrote, I'm, I was so proud of this episode because I finally got to be in the top two after being told every week you weren't good enough. I realized after filming All Stars, my place isn't on this show and in front of a camera where context of a simple thing can be twisted into such a vile way. I really sat back when they called me to be on All Stars and said, this time I'm going to show the world the Fifi so many people who have met me love and support. I don't care anymore who sees this. I don't care anymore if people are mad that I told the truth. I don't care if people think I'm handling this the wrong way. There is no right way to handle this except stand your ground and speak up for what is right. I'm tired of the hurt, heartache, pain, death threats, and threats of violence I have received because of a few story producers felt it was okay to go to bed at night cozy with their paychecks from from manipulating and twisting the context of my words. I went into All-Stars with a gleam of hope that I was going to finally have this redemption I was promised in Season 4. The people that hated me before, let's face it, they were never going to like me, and that is okay. Their loss, not mine. But I deserved, I deserved a fair chance. From day one in the confessions, I told my story producer I will not say X, Y, and Z because I did that the first time, and it got me in trouble. This time, I watched myself, and they still played and twisted when I am stating facts as I am playing mind games. I got in numerous arguments with her discussing how she would never understand why I'm quiet or don't talk as much as I do because I have to 100% watch what I say because of the grave I dug in season four. She continued to say I was doing nothing but a disservice to myself by not giving them what they want. Unfortunately for her, my mom raised me that integrity and respect goes a lot farther in life than reaping joy off the misery of others. 
I'm so grateful for the doors that RPDR has opened, but I have learned now that quote-unquote family is just a word used to sugarcoat and mask the demons of the machine. They've made it acceptable and normal for people to be okay breaking me down. That is not love or family. And I will say this. We'll talk about, about this more. But I want to say this, and this is real straight-up shit right now. If you, and when I say you, I mean anybody out there listening, feels it's okay to threaten somebody's life, to threaten harm or danger to a person, any person, first off, but let alone a drag queen on a competition show, then hit stop and don't listen. I We don't need you. We don't want you. That is not right or in any way, shape, or form acceptable from anyone. Yeah, like, obviously I've made it known that, like, I, I'm not a fan of Alyssa Edwards, but, like, I would never go to her house and, and threaten to burn it down and burn it down because I have never burned a barn in my life. And I will not start here. No. Not a barn or her summer home, which is the stables at the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> but that's the thing. You can have an opinion. Mm-hmm. You cannot like a queen's performance on a show. You can go to a show and not like their their performance in person. There are queens from these seasons that I've had to do photo shoots uh, or meet and greet photos for that I could care less about. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to sit there and be like and threaten them that they should never step foot, that I'm going to throw acid in their face. I'm not going to threaten to that they, they should die or stay out of Cali. Fuck you. And, you know, like ultimately that's, you know, Pandora Box said it when we interviewed her is that, you know, she works in editing. She knows how it goes. So you literally have to be as nice as you can. But even when you are being nice or diplomatic. You know, things taken out of context will always get you in trouble. For sure. And if they're going to paint you in any way that they're going to paint you, you can say the bare facts. And depending on, they could turn around and put that sentence in the middle of a, somebody faltering. And it makes it look like you're, you're shit-talking the person. It, it doesn't matter. And honestly, if you have that much of a problem, then don't follow her. Don't look at her Instagram. Don't care. Move on. Yeah, and it, it's it's frustrating because for me, like, you know, Fifi is giving me that redemption arc, but I'm looking at it as I'm taking the pieces of what she's doing and not what's being edited for, like, you know, oh, like, I don't think when she said to Roxy, I don't think your your accent is as as strong as you think it is. Like she like honestly to me that felt like she was actually saying, "Hey, I don't think this is going to work for you." Do I think that Roxy should have still done it? Yes, because that was Fifi's opinion. But I don't look at that and think Fifi tried to sabotage her. But at the same time, it's not like Fifi held a gun to her head exactly. and made her change it. If exactly. she thought that she could do it, then she would have done it. If somebody if somebody has that much sway over you, then you're not set in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If somebody can turn around and be like, you know what, listen, I don't think it's it's not as strong as it needs to be, then what do you do at that point? Then you practice to make it work. Yeah. You don't turn around and go, well, then I'm going to change it to this other person who I'm also not going to be good at doing. And it's just, 
It's ridiculous. The other thing that that happened with this whole thing is um, RuPaul chimed in in an indirect shade throwing way, mm-hmm. which I appreciate RuPaul for all she's done, but I think it was a bit messy to do. RuPaul on Twitter posted a picture of Jessica Rabbit that said, I'm not bad, I'm just drawn that way, and captioned it, oh, okay, and then unfollowed Fifi on Twitter, Um, which seems so childish in a way, but at the core of it, Fifi is speaking out about the producers and the people editing and making the show and making these storylines. She's not... In nothing that I read, was there anything that said, RuPaul sucks. The one tweet where it said that, I don't think that's the show where the host or have my best intentions in mind. It's the only time that I saw anything that ever once indicted RuPaul in anything. And that was very much a passing thing. And it was talking about the show and the reunion. So for RuPaul to kind of hop in the middle of this, and whether it's about Fifi or not, all this shit's been blowing up over the last couple days on Twitter... It's it's like the whole I keep the lights on over our logo in the the mm-hmm. um, the female shemale mini challenge controversy. There are times where and and she was being directly quoted in that, like she was part of that whole controversy. Yeah, this was cycling with the producers and Fifi, and to dip your toe into that, I feel was a little a little much. I feel like she should have taken the higher road and not. You don't done have that. to comment. Yeah, you don't have to comment. Had she turned around and said, "RuPaul's a bitch and she's making it so that way I don't get redemption and I look like I'm this," then then clap back. Then you're being called out and you want to have your side of it. You want to say your piece, fine. But when it's an issue with this, and and the funny part is, it's not the first time that this has been a no, thing. Which is what I was going to say when. When Drag Race, like the the production side, loves you, you shine. Yep. You come back, it's great. But there are, you know, queens that we've seen that when you've crossed them, you know, know, whatever, it may be an actual slight, it may be just a perceived slight, you you get ousted, you know, and then it, it, it takes that person that literally you take what you got and you run with it. Willem's that person. Yep. Willem got disqualified. Makes sense. But my favorite Willem song is Rupologize because she literally said, you said I was disqualified. You said you want me back. I, you know, I, she's like, you know, and then you say that All Stars doesn't want me. Bitch, I already bought the gowns. Bitch, wait. It's a loss of income. Uh-uh, that's a loss of income. Like it's, it. it makes, I love that you're quoting Rupologize <laughs> for all of this. It's amazing. It's, but it, it's true. But it's true. Like yeah. if you, if you have angered the world of wonder gods, sometimes there's not much you can do but just stand your ground. And that's why, like, I'm really pulling for Fifi. I totally understand. You know, Adore felt like she got you know manhandled and mangled this season and then she left and you know i can understand that i wish she would have stayed because i think that she brings a lot to the show but if she needs to go 
because she doesn't feel like this is constructive, then, you know, girl, go. And so that's the thing. Drag Race is a great platform if it works for you. Exactly. But if it starts to work against you, and that's not a that's not a dig at RuPaul, that's not a dig at World of Wonder. That's just if if it comes to a point where it's not helping you, you gotta let that shit go. Yeah, exactly. So that's the craziness that is going on right now. <laughs> this I think was our best recap ever. It was because it. Not only we had some good material to work mm-hmm. with, we got it ready for revenge, revenge. and uh, and and some real life drama and controversy. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what redemption, uh, revenge, craziness goes on because in the teaser for next week, um, RuPaul does say that you, one of the queens will get to lip sync or. The queens will lip sync and the winner will uh, get a spot back in the competition. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, it, I'm, I'm excited again. I'm hoping that this next episode is going to be it. Like, it's either going to work or it's not. So who knows? But with that, I'd like to thank our listeners for once again tuning in to us. Not that you tune in, you download us. Um, you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher. Speaking of iTunes, we have a new um, review that I wanted to share real quick at the end of this episode. This is from John Scott Harrison. Gay and geeky, just how I like my men. The Flame On Crew are some of my favorite voices on the Nerdy Show Network, Oral especially, and not just because of his name. Oh. So I thought thank that was a, a special one to share with you at the end of this episode. Oh, thank you so much. You're a dream. And that. You just literally put a feather in my cap, and there's a smile on my face, but that also could be the alcohol. <laughs> I think it's a combination. Mm-hmm. It's a good combo. Um, Just like our now, I assume, five-star review, <laughs> please uh, like us, rate us on iTunes, follow us on every social media platform that we're on. Also, thank you to our Patreon subscribers. You guys really do make a difference. I know, like... Sometimes you don't see it. I hope that sometimes you hear it. Sometimes, like, some at some point in the future, I hope you can see it. Yes. But, like, every little bit helps. You guys are helping support us do something that, let's be real, we're all doing for no money. Exactly. None whatsoever. We're doing it because we love you guys and we love doing this. So, um, thank you so much. And with that, this isn't RuPaul's best friend's race. Quack, quack. Thanks for listening to Flame On, presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud, or give us your feedback at nerdyshow.com survey. Flame On is produced and engineered by Pat O'Rourke and created by Brian Pittard. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. There's even more perks available. Just head over to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com 
And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Flame On on all your favorite social networks. Flame On Podcast on Twitter and Flame On Show on just about every other platform. If it's gay and geeky, we've got it covered. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 